Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Here we are, last Sunday of 2020. We are on the edge of a new year, ready to say goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021. What a year 2020 has been. A friend and I were talking the other day and we talked about how it is the longest year that flew by. I can't believe it's over, and yet it seems like it's been such a long year. Now look, I wasn't able to get a Christmas gift for all of you, but I do have something that I'd love to give you. What I hope for you for the year ahead is to be blessed, is to know God's blessing. I want you to experience it. I want you to receive it. I want you to live it. I want you to be able to give it to others. And look, I know when I talk about you being blessed, that sounds like preacher talk. It sounds like something you'd expect some late night bombastic TV preacher to say, but I mean it entirely different way for you, for your family, for your children, for your work, for your home, for your, for your business, for your school, for your life. I want you to be blessed. And then you might go, hey, well, what does that mean? If you go back to the Old Testament, when people would go to the tabernacle or after that into God's temple in Jerusalem, there would be these times where a priest would stand in front of the people in, in the times of their worship and with hands raised would look at the people and would say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And it was that Old Testament blessing that Aaron was to give to the people that they heard for centuries. It was the blessing that was spoken to them and prescribed by God. And we ask the question when you hear something like that, what does it mean to be blessed? What I'd love to do for these next few moments today is take that passage of scripture. If you have your Bibles and you wanna look at it with me, it's in Numbers chapter six, right near the very beginning of the Old Testament, Numbers chapter six. And we're gonna talk about what does it mean to be blessed. We're gonna look at those verses and see what we can learn. Let's start with verse 24 of Numbers chapter six. We read, the Lord bless you and keep you. Well, what does that even mean to say the Lord bless you? And, and if you were to say, God, I want you to bless me, it kind of sounds like maybe you're being a little selfish, maybe you're being a little desperate. And here's the reality, blessing is God's idea. It's not just something that you kind of want to try to grab for yourself. Blessing is God's idea. Just a couple verses before, when the Bible is setting the stage for this blessing that will come, we read this in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them. So did you see what it says there? God's the one whose idea it was for this blessing. He's the one who instigates it. He motivates it. He prescribes it. God wants to bless his people. The priest is speaking here, and because God has asked them to, he blesses the community. But here's what's really interesting. Not only does God ask the priest to bless the community, but if you go back and you look at that passage in the original Hebrew language, what you'll see, and this gets a little lost on us, we use the word you, both singular and and plural. When it's speaking at the beginning, it talks about blessing the whole community. But when the priest begins to speak that blessing, the you there becomes singular. 
It's not just for the whole community. It's for the individual person. That blessing is for the individual person. Not only is blessing God's idea, but blessing is God's idea for you. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to experience his blessing. So you don't have to go begging for it. You, you don't have to go groveling to be blessed by God. God wants to bless you. Right here in this room, right here in my kitchen, is where for the last 15 years, our family has shared dinners. And uh, I can remember when we first moved into this house and the table that we had here at the time, you know, everybody began to have kind of their own assigned seats. And when we would come to dinner time, when we first got started, one of our kids would sit kind of right over here in this spot and they would face out the back of the house. There's a sliding glass window that's right here um, to my right. And if the light's just right, you can look at that window and you can see your own reflection. And at one point, we had to move that child to no longer sit there in that seat because instead of eating, they would just sit there and make faces at themselves and entertain themselves during that time. And we had another one of our kids that for whatever reason, they loved to just burp with reckless abandon at the table. And uh, it was impressive, but rude. And so we had this line, if you burp at the table, you will have to sweep the floor. Like there had to be a, a consequence. Some of our kids were picky eaters at times. You know, we'd come to the table and there were certain things they liked and certain things they didn't like. Here's the thing, as parents, we always wanted our kids to eat. We didn't always have dinner when they wanted. We didn't always have what they wanted, but it was a priority for us to feed them. We were fortunate the way that God provided for us. We never had to worry about was there food on the table. And we wanted to bless our kids by feeding them. They didn't have to beg. They didn't have to grovel. We wanted to give them what they needed. And your heavenly father works in the same way. He wants to bless you. He loves you. Now look, here's what I know though, that when I say God wants to bless you, it has that sound that you're watching some late night TV preacher who ultimately wants you to buy something from them. They have kind of this prosperity message that kind of goes the out of bounds of scripture. So what does it mean to be blessed? Here's what Numbers chapter six tells us. Numbers chapter six, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. And I think sometimes we get the wrong idea about blessing. We think that blessing is like this momentary gift that we get. Like there's this moment when we're blessed. Like I'm looking for a parking spot and God blessed me with that parking spot. It's, it's, it's a, I'm planning a picnic and God blessed us with nice weather. It, it's like that momentary blessing that we get. And the reality is, sometimes it is. Sometimes God blesses us in those ways. But what if he doesn't? What if you have to park in the back of the lot? What if on the day of your picnic, there's a thunderstorm? The reality is you are still blessed. Here's what I want you to understand. Blessing is not like this momentary kind of snapshot that you get. You were meant to live in God's blessing, not just visit it from time to time. Like sometimes we think, well, blessing is something I come in and out of. But you're meant to live in the blessing of God. It's, it's a state of existence. In fact, for many of us, it's just a, it's a state of mind. If you think about when the priests were giving that blessing, especially when it was original spoken, back, back when they were um, early on and working their way into the promised land, 
During that time, to be blessed meant that God would provide them with everything that they needed. That blessing was a matter of survival. Whether or not it would rain for their crops, whether or not they would be protected in in kind of a brutal reality of the world in which they lived, they needed, they relied on God's blessing. And blessing is not just what you have. It's, It's not just how you're doing. In some ways, we we measure blessing by tangible things, but I think if the only way I measure God's blessing is through the tangible things that I have, I'm missing the real point. There's more to it than that. It's who you belong to. It's it's a perspective on your life. It's a frame of mind. Like when you look at your life, what do you see? Do you see the blessings? Or do you focus on the trials, the, the negative, the lack that you have? The reality is God says he will bless you and keep you. That keeping means that he he holds on to you. He protects you, that you belong to him. And because of that, blessing isn't just this momentary thing. It's a state of mind. I live in that blessing. 2007, just a couple years after we moved into this house, kids were at school and it was my day off. And Ron and I went out for lunch that day and we were sitting in this restaurant and a friend of ours was in there and uh, she said, hey, would you guys be interested? I just had a litter of puppies. Would you be interested in getting a dog? And my initial thought was, that's the last thing we need right now is a dog. But she told us about it and it sounded kind of interesting. And so what we said in that moment was, oh, how about this? How about we come and take a look? And I remember we went, we only had one of our kids with us at that time. Um, Evan was with us, he was six years old. And I remember, and this was so smart on our friend's part, he sat down in this chair and she took that little puppy, was maybe four or five weeks old, and put it in his lap, and that's all she wrote. Like, it was over then. We were in love in that moment, and that's when Samson the dog came home to live with us. Odds are that before this video's over, you'll probably hear or see him roaming through the house at some point. And here's the deal. That dog came home to live with us, And uh, for all of his craziness, for all of his dysfunction and idiosyncrasies, I love that dog. And we brought him home and we chose to keep him. He belongs to us. We take care of him, not just in the moment, but he is a part of who we are. He belongs to us. Now look, I'm not comparing you to a dog, but what I want you to understand is that if I love that dog that I've chosen to keep so much, how much more does God love you? Remember some things that Jesus said. He he said you're more valuable than the sparrows. In fact, listen to this. Luke chapter 12 says, and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. In fact, I've I've often thought, one more verse here from this passage, but I've often thought that the relation that I feel towards Samson the dog is probably very much what a shepherd feels towards their sheep. And this last verse has always meant so much to me. Luke chapter 12, verse 32 says, So don't be afraid, little flock, for your father It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. God loves you. He wants to bless you and keep you. To be blessed means to be kept by God. I mean, you don't have to fend for yourself. 
It means you're not on the outside. So many times I think we feel like we're on the outside with God, but he wants to keep you. In fact, here's the prayer of the psalmist, Psalm 17, verse eight. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Interesting line there. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Now, when I said apple, some of you thought about a product that you got from Apple this Christmas, and it has great value to you. However, this idea of the apple of the eye means so much more. What scripture talks about there is your pupil, kind of the center, the heart of the eye. It's a delicate part of the eye that is essential for vision and therefore must be protected at all costs. In the ancient world, in scripture, multiple times, it's referred to as the apple of the eye. And in the same way, God protects you. He looks out for you. He will bless you. And then he will keep you. And you say, Chad, that's really good news. But I don't feel very blessed right now. Like, I know it's the holiday season and you've got Christmas and all these things happening, but you go, look, look, 2020. <laughs> like, you don't know what I've been through and you don't know how this year has affected me. And I don't feel very blessed right now. And, and, I, and I challenge you there again. I think sometimes blessing isn't necessarily what's tangibly going on around me. It's a state of mind. If you want to look for the places where you're not blessed, you're going to find them. But if you look and see where God's faithfulness is, if you look and see how he has been there, you're gonna see the blessing of God. I'm not saying that you play mind games with yourself. I, I just want you to understand what this scripture says. So in verse 24, he says, the Lord bless you and keep you. And then in verse 25, watch this, the next part of the blessing. He says, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Scripture in multiple places talks about how God's face shines on us, how he shows his favor. And look, I'm going to talk about this for the sake of illustration. Please don't make this a political thing because this just happens to be where we live right now. But we live in a season and time right now that many places where we go, we're asked to wear a mask out of wisdom and out of care for other people. And, and look, I don't know that anybody likes it. But the reality is that as we're living in this way, there's times when I'm not quite sure who people are. Like it's happened to me quite a few times where, where I've been doing some things around the church and I'm wearing that mask and people just don't recognize that it's me and they hear my voice and they're like, oh, Chad, that's you. <laughs> like, like there's these moments where we experience this. And the reality is it talks to us here in this scripture about how God's face will shine on us, that we will see his face and that he will give us his favor. Let me share a couple of these scriptures with you. One is in Psalm 4 verse 6 where it says this, and I think we can relate to this. It says, many Lord are asking who will bring us prosperity. Have you heard that in the last year, in an election year? Who will bring us prosperity? What's the answer? Let the light of your face shine on us. Ultimately, it's God's favor that brings that blessing to us. Look, we live in a broken world, not just because it was 2020, but because we see this every year. And here's what scripture says, another face passage. Psalm 80 verse three says, restore us, O God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Look, a new year does not eliminate your old challenges. You're still gonna have challenges. There still will be things that will catch us off guard. But even in those times, we can look to God's face and his favor. Here's a couple of thoughts to consider. Your external world may be broken, but your internal world can be blessed. Just because the world around you 
may be broken because of what's happening in the world, because of sinful consequences, because it's just where we live. You got to remember that even though your external world is broken, your internal world can be blessed. Blessing is more about what happens inside of you than what happens to you. Blessing is about knowing God's presence and favor in your life, even if there's moments where you can't see his favor on your life. It's those moments where we say, God, I trust you, and I know that your face and your favor is shining on me. Here's what I've found. If you wanted to find blessing, blessing is when you find out that we are blessed with peace in the midst of conflict. Even when there's these challenging moments of conflict, we can know his peace. It's these moments when we're blessed with rest, even in the midst of chaos. I think sometimes we mistakenly believe that if we're blessed, we won't know any trouble. That's just not true. Blessing means that God is with us, that the light of his face shines on us, and that when we go through hard times, he gives us everything we need. I like to think of it this way. Blessing does not mean that you will not need to face trouble. It means you will have what you need for the trouble that you face. There may be times when you face trouble, but God is going to give you everything that you need. You might be saying, look, I, I want to live a life that's more victorious. I want to live a life that has more blessing in the year ahead. Watch this, Psalm 44, verse 3. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, watch this, and the light of your face, for you loved them. There are these moments where we just have to realize that the light of God's face is shining on us. Look, some of you might not understand what I'm, a, what I'm about to explain to you, but this was my experience. A couple of years ago, I had this, I can't describe it other than just a spiritual experience where for a series of days, I just had this ominous feeling. Like it, it was, uh, you might want to call it spiritual warfare. You might want to call it just a spiritual challenge, whatever you want to call it. I had this ominous feeling and I could not shake it. And I was facing some challenging things. And at the same time, I felt like there was more coming. And I remember when this was really strong, there was this moment where I was in my bedroom and all of a sudden I, I sensed the tangible presence of Jesus. Like I literally felt, and it, it kind of hit me out of nowhere. I literally felt that if I had reached out, I could have touched him there. Now look, this doesn't happen to me all the time. But there was this moment that in this season, when I knew that there were some challenging times ahead, God in his grace allowed me to sense that he was right there with me. Not that there wouldn't be challenges, but that I could know that I could hold on to him through those challenges. That has carried me through such difficult times. Look, he, he loves you. He wants to bless you and keep you and his favor and his presence to shine on you. And here's the next, next part of this in, in verse 25, and this is key, where he says, and be gracious to you. Some of you, when you hear me talk about a blessing, you're quick to say to yourself, well, I don't deserve that. Like, I don't know that I could earn that blessing. I know the things I've done. I know how I've lived. I know this or that. Maybe you're watching this and you don't really, you're, maybe you're not a church person. Maybe you don't really think a whole lot about God. And the reality is we, we start to think that we need to earn those things. Look, when he says that the Lord be gracious to you, the reality is 
We've never earned his grace. We've never deserved his grace. It's never been anything that's on our own merits. In the Old Testament, we needed his grace. And now in the world when we live in this new reality, we need his grace as well. We need the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. See, we are blessed today in this New Testament reality. We are blessed through Jesus Christ. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Look, the Old Testament statement was, The Lord be gracious to you. And in the New Testament, realize this. We are recipients of grace. Without God's grace, we are lost. Without God's grace, we have no hope. And yet through the person of Jesus Christ, God has blessed us by his grace with salvation, with hope. Look, I don't know what you need. Maybe you need forgiveness in your life. It's available through Jesus Christ. Maybe you need direction in your life. It's only found in Jesus Christ. It's in these moments when we put our hope, our trust, our confidence in him. Look, without him, our lives are headed for disaster. But through his grace, we have salvation. You may have seen a few weeks back, there was an afternoon on a Friday when there was a highway patrolman on the Ohio Turnpike, just outside of Swanton, who was in a construction zone doing one of those uh, places where they're, they're checking for, for speed and people that are speeding in that spot. And the laser that was being used for the speed enforcement picked up something strange. When the highway patrolman noticed it, what they saw was there was an airplane, a small private plane that was flying over, had an engine malfunction, would not be able to reach the Toledo airport, and so landed on the turnpike out somewhere near Swanton. Now, everybody was safe. Everything was okay. But what a crazy story that this plane that gets its engine malfunction would have had nowhere to go. And really, I think in my mind, it's just, it's just grace it's, it's so gracious that the turnpike was right there. They were able to land, didn't mess up traffic. Everybody was good. I just, I don't know, what's the toll for that? Like, what do you pay on 8090 when you're, when you're taking a little private plane down it? I, I don't know what that is. But it made me think of this. How many times in my life do I experience some kind of malfunction? Like there's something, whether it's because of sin or disappointment, whether it's because of something that I've done or has been done to me, where what I need more than anything else is salvation. I need somebody to rescue me. And that's only going to be found through Jesus. And the runway is his grace. That he's made this available to us, no matter who we are or what we've done. We can find grace through him. In this new year, you can find new forgiveness. In fact, his word says that his mercies are new every morning. So we are recipients of grace. And if, if I may challenge you, we are channels of grace. We're to extend that grace to others. As I thought about this blessing, I'm so thankful for generations in my family and in Rhonda's family who have prayed for us, parents who have prayed for us, grandparents who have prayed for us. On both sides, I, I can even take you back to points in time 
where somebody said, no, we're going to live this differently. What happened in that generation is not going to happen in my generation. And we're going to change these things so that the next generation will be blessed. And I live in that blessing because someone was willing to be a channel of grace, to pass that blessing on from generation to generation. My kids, and I believe if the Lord tarries, future generations of our family are going to be blessed because of that blessing. And here, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your history is. I don't know what your background is. And you might go, well, Chad, that's cool, but I don't have that story. I don't have generations of people praying for me. Then you be the one to start. Like you, you make the difference in that. You make the change in that. God wants you to have that blessing. He says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And then he says this in verse 26, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The idea of that turn his face literally has the idea of lifting up your face. And when you do, doing it with pleasure, doing it with affection, it really, if you get down to it, has the idea that God's smiling on you. You know, it's a, it's a meaningful analogy right now when we talk about a face. But I was in the store the other day, so I was wearing the mask, and as I was checking out, the lady that was behind the, the plexiglass in the store as I'm checking out, she leaned out over the plexiglass, which I think kind of defeats the purpose, but she leans out over it and she looks at me and she says, you know, with what I do, I can tell when people are smiling. She says, it's in their eyes. And she says, I don't see it very often. So thanks for smiling. I, you know, felt kind of nice about that. I didn't really realize that, that my smile was making that big of a difference. But some of you feel that way about God. Look, you, you can't necessarily see God's face. But for some of you, because of that, you assume certain things about him. You assume that he's not looking. Or you assume that he's sleeping. I do that a lot on Sunday mornings. I assume that some of you are sleeping. <laughs> you might assume that God is grumpy. You might assume that he's angry. And can I tell you what this passage says to us? It tells us that God is smiling smiling on you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Remember, go all the way back. He wants to keep you. You are his. You, you belong to him. We'll look at this passage in the weeks to come and watch how it says about we are called by his name. And maybe that's not the relationship you've had in the past with a parent or with someone who's in authority, with someone who's had the ability to bless you. Can I challenge you? Do not project on God your relationship with someone else. If, if a pastor or a parent or someone in authority has kind of kept a blessing from you, realize that God is smiling on you, which makes you ask then, so how do I get this blessing? Like, what do I do to live in this blessing that you're talking about? The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this. Next week, we're going to talk about how, how you can live in this blessing. And then the week after that on Sunday, we're going to talk about how you can give this blessing to other people. And you may be asking on this last Sunday in 2020, this longest year that just seems to have flown by, how do I find this blessing? Look, it's really foolish for us to think that we're going to open our eyes on January 1st, 2021, 
and we're gonna wake up from a dream and everything's gonna be perfect. The question is, what do we do? Verse 26 says, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That word for peace there in the Hebrew is shalom. Peace isn't just an absence of conflict. The idea behind that verse is that you have a state that you live in where everything is right with you, where you have a fullness of well-being, where you have what you need. You live in a place of completeness, where you live in a place of harmony with God. Ultimately, what it means to be blessed is that you have everything you need to accomplish what God has called you to do, to do what he's placed in front of you. It doesn't mean there's not moments where there's challenge. It doesn't mean there's not moments where you feel a lack. It doesn't mean that there's not moments where you, where you wonder, how am I gonna do this? It's that you know that with God, you are at peace because he'll give you everything you need to parent, to do your work, to create what he's called you to create, to chase after your dreams, to, to, be, to, to love and to live a life that's fulfilling, to make a difference in this world. And the reality is he wants to bless you and keep you. He loves you. He's given you all that you need. L listen to these promises about peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. Here's what Jesus says about this peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That verse, John 14, 27, some of you may need to write that down as you're going into this new year because God's given you dreams that are bigger than, than you wonder if you can handle. And some of you are facing challenges where you're not sure how you're gonna make it. Jesus says, look, I have a peace. I have a blessing I wanna give to you. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. In fact, there's a passage that we go to sometimes in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Here's what's interesting. The word that's there, the Hebrew word that's there, where it says plans to prosper you, it's actually the word shalom. God says, I have plans to shalom you. The same thing we read about in the blessing, that he has the one who will give you shalom, peace. That passage that we read in Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, for I know the plans I have for you. Hobby Lobby didn't come up with that. And that's from the scriptures. And the reality says that God wants to give you that peace. We're gonna look at that over these next few weeks. How do you live it? How do you give it? My hope for you today is that you will receive it. That you'll be willing as you go into this next year with open hands and an open heart to say, God, I don't know what 2021 is gonna bring, but I know I'm blessed. I know that you are keeping me, that I live in your favor because of your grace your face is shining on me, that you're smiling on me, and that you will give me everything that I need. And look, back in the Old Testament, you needed to go to the priest to receive that blessing, but Jesus changed everything. Look at this passage in Hebrews chapter four, verse 14. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Watch this last verse, and I hope you'll do this in the year to come. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Why do we approach his throne? To be blessed. And in just a moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak and pray this blessing over your home and over your life. But ultimately, you don't need a pastor to do that. You don't need a priest to make sure you're blessed. You find that blessing for yourself through your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go to Calvary Church or some religious institution to receive it. It can come right into your own home. So today, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, I hope that as you launch into 2021, you'll do it with an openness to say, God, I want to live in your blessing. And may this day be a reminder. At the beginning of this year, um, I was going to be out of town for a week. We were having a conversation with uh, our son, and daughter-in-law Clayton and Ariana. And as we were having this conversation, Rhonda said, well, I think while your dad's out of town, I'm gonna refinish our table. We had had this dining room table for about 20 years or so and uh, had different spots had gotten marked up. And Rhonda said, you know, I think, I'm, I think I'm gonna refinish it. And Clayton looked at her and said, well, why, why would you refinish it? Why don't we build a new one? And Clayton and, and Ari had built their own table a year or so before, and, and he and Ron had talked about it, and they decided, you know what, we'll, we'll launch into this project. And they got kind of all the way into the project, and then COVID hit, and there was all these kind of different things that happened. But this is that table. And I'm sitting here at a table that my son built, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool how it fills this room and fills our home. And when we uh, had this table finished, we were looking at it, and we thought we should do something unique to it. I happen to live in the presence of creative giants, and uh, I realize that in their presence, I'm just a midget. But uh, Rhonda dreamed these things up, and Clayton built the table. And then we asked Ari to do something. She's an amazing artist, and she took a wood-burning pen, and all along the edge of this table, she wrote Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. What's known as the ironic blessing, the blessing that we read about, that we've just talked about. And I consider it a real blessing that I'm reminded every time I sit at this table of the blessing that God has brought to our home, to our family. And look, you don't have to get a table with it inscribed on it for you to have that blessing in your home. Look, God's blessing is his idea. So he wants to bless you in the year ahead as you parent. And he wants to bless you in the year ahead as you go after the things that he's called you to do. And he wants to bless you. We'll look at this next week. He wants to bless you as you come in and as you go out in every season and he wants to bless your marriage and he wants to bless your finances and he wants to bless our church and he wants to bless the community through us and it's not something that we have to beg and grovel for he wants to give to us his blessing so today as we get ready to launch into this new year would you be willing to say in in the midst of a world that is so frustrated 
and in the midst of a season like none of us have ever known before. And as we step into an unknown 2021, would you be willing to say, God, no matter what's going on in the world around me, I want to know your blessing in my life. And I want to read, I want to speak over you one last time, this blessing as we begin this year. And I would say, moms and dads, speak this blessing over your homes. As you speak it over your businesses, speak it over your workplace, speak it over your schools. Believe that God's blessing is gonna be evident. Right where you are, if you'd be comfortable, would you just maybe put your hands in a posture to receive? I know it might be a little awkward depending on who you're around, and if you're, if you're listening to this and driving, then don't do this, but, but if you're able, please put yourself in a place to say, God, I wanna receive your blessing. And remember what God said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thank you.